tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit The Jeep Wrangler 4xe. It's electrified. So you can boogie-woogie-woogie up a mountain, over creeks, or boogie-woogie-woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie-woogie-woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out. When they say no, you boogie-woogie-woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti-venom and boogie-woogie-woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. How's it going? Nice to see everybody. Welcome back to the big thing. I hope you're all enjoying us because we're enjoying you. Uh, It's been a lot of fun doing the show. Thank you so much. Remember, don't forget, sooner or later, we're going to be moving this show over to the new channel. Already 10.4 thousand subscribers over on the new channel, the SEN channel. Go and uh, check it out. I like your cute jokes. It's the SEN. It's the SEN Network Network. <laughs> it's Rodan Entertainment Network Network. I, I get it. Give us a break. We're changing it in between. Everybody's so cute. Turds. Um, anyway, listen. Before we get into uh, today's show, I wanted to... I've told you guys a, a bunch of times how excited we are to officially partner with Captain Morgan. I mean, it's pretty great. They are the original spiced rum. And coming up on July 31st, it is the Schmodown Collision. What an event it is. Kevin Smith, for God's sakes, versus Marisol McKee, Lady Justice, Star Wars Championship on the line, Andrew Dimolanta versus Laura Lightsout Kelly, Saul putting on the Saul show against the silent assassin Amaru Moses, and in the main event for the team's championship of the world, the defending champion Shazam. Brendan Meyer, William Bibiani, defending those titles against the former two-time champions, Mike Kalinowski and Chance Ellison. That goes down on July 31st. No matter how you choose to celebrate and to stream the Schmodown, Captain Morgan is best enjoyed responsibly. It is the captain's orders. That's Captain Morgan, original spiced rum, at Captain Morgan USA. Loving, loving that we're able to do something. But I'm also loving that I get to every single week 
on Wednesdays. Talk to this character. There he is. Hi. Hello. Are you in a nice mood today? Hello, friends. <laughs> please, please tell us. <laughs> I tell, is that it? We still got to get you on Sesame Street. You know that? Oh, please, please. Oh, that like, dream. Seriously, like when you pose that, I know. that was like, wow. Wouldn't well, that just that wholesome? But did you do anything about it or you just wait for us to do something? Oh, if they check the, the internets, I don't think I could ever be. Don't you think they'd have some sort of. Uh, What's you your know? representation like these days? Um, I have a commercial agent, I think. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely have a commercial <laughs> agent. Um, and I have just a. Get your daughter. My theatrical is, you know, I mean, Ish. yeah, I, I get, I don't get much. But even my commercial, the tough thing is, a lot of commercials have gone non-union. Being Isn't in the weird? union is 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 like, like a, a kiss of death. Isn't that strange? Uh, rewind twenty one years ago, they yeah. put you in the shit spot in the first place. A lot of people go financial core, which is me. You you pull out that? of the union and you can do non-union stuff. Yeah, but. If you book a union job, you have to repay your dues, which is like twenty five hundred dollars oh, now. That's fun. So. Yeah, when I joined SAG, it was, it was, I mean, it was expensive, oh. but it's a lot more expensive now. Yeah, I had to borrow money from my mom. I mean, this was like, yeah, and I time, just yeah. booked a national. I'm like, hey, I'll pay you back when the residuals come in. Yeah. Well, I tell you how I got mine. It was working three days on the invasion movie with. Um, I I worked because I, I was working at Silver. David Gambino had hooked me up with um, was that I think it was like it was in a, a glorified extra for like <laughs> three days, but like I did it on a it was that was I had done extra work many times over before background I was like, yeah whatever <laughs> that was the, is that the, yeah the, the extra is like the it's like the, the dirty yeah. word yeah it's background actor yeah fucking right. it was an extra <laughs> so unbelievable people what, what people try to do to make themselves feel better it's a fucking extra. Background, like my balls. <laughs> it says, you know, the, the the word is background. Yes, we're in we're in the background because we elevate the background yeah. and make it better. Fuck off, you're yeah. extra. Yeah, you're extra. You just yeah. see some of these extras. Oh, oh yeah, the the Overacting. fake talking. Oh, and some of them, some of this ruin ruin takes. Like sometimes really bad extras. They just extras <laughs> ruin takes. Unbelievable. Imagine getting canceled for calling somebody an extra. Oh. <laughs> no, not on my watch. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. <laughs> Extra background. Yeah, this show now is background, <laughs> background, background. They do background, background. They get the lowest views of all big thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, this is a. Uh, I, I, I don't know, 2007 or whatever it was. And I had done background work before many times over. My first year out here, I was a background player on uh, on on Almost Famous. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. No, dude, I was, it, I was, it was one of the, it was one of the Stillwater um, concerts. You can't see me. I'm I drove the, I'm that dude crowd. around, Patrick Fugate. Oh, did you really? I had a job. Uh, so uh, funny. Was, uh, ex-girlfriend so got me a. So did Winkleman. Winkleman did the same. Really, yeah, really, yeah. Because yeah. he, he lived in Utah. Oh, did he? And he yeah, came and in. he would fly yeah, in to yeah, do yeah, stuff. Yeah. So and imagine being like, you're, you're like on the precipice. I was doing pretty good commercially and stuff, and I'm driving like, this kid comes in from Utah. And he was good. <laughs> yeah. And he was really good. But but I was, so it was that. I had done, I was, do you remember the movie Point of Origin? It was oh. a HBO Ray Liotta movie. It was, this is like 2001, 2002. This one, if you find this movie, you clearly can see me. And I'm sure somebody's going to watch it and screenshot it and send it to me. Every time I mention it, somebody does it. Or video capture, that's fine. Because uh, you got to, but the problem is you got to buy it. You can't, I, I've looked for it. And 
it's funny because the director definitely yelled at me um, because my Ray Liotta's at the bar, and it's just me and him at the bar. And I'm just supposed to mouth, so whatever, yeah. or just point. And I wind up mouthing, give me a rum and Coke, right? <laughs> and the guy's like, you said that pretty loud. <laughs> it's a line. <laughs> so I did it a couple different times, whatever. And they actually voice dubbed me in oh. it because I was so clear that they, but I didn't get any, I think I got a voucher for it. Yeah. Whatever it was, but I. Well, but they didn't want to pay you. That's they didn't the want to thing. pay me. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Then so, you're a featured extra. Right. Or no, you have lines, and then, then you're just, then you yeah. just Then you, you're not an extra anymore. Yeah. So, but I got, whatever it was, they, they dubbed me, and then it was like, but if you see, if you, you, if you watch that scene, I'm there, it's a very young me, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm ordering something, Ray Liotta and Ronnie Cox um, come up, and they start talking, I get the hell out of, that, that's why he yelled at me, I stayed too long. <laughs> I stayed too long, and he was like, hey, you! When it's time for you to get out of there, <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> so I was like, all right, all right. So, One rum and coke, please. That's what they dubbed it over. <laughs> it's very similar. It's very similar. So I had done stuff like that before. And, you know, when you are an extra background, you are cattle. Oh, You are cattle, and they don't give a fuck about you. They don't take any of this bullshit that they say, oh, we try to treat everybody, you know, equal, and everybody from the from the catering to the background, we treat every bullshit. Oh, <laughs> bullshit. Ask these people what they feel about the fucking uh, uh, box office. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, bullshit, right? I felt like shit walking past when I was like the, the, the you know, hero. On yeah. the commercial, yeah. that's what they call it. Like <laughs> the extra. That's why they're changing the name because we called the lead guy in a commercial the fucking hero. Right, you right, know? <laughs> right. That's a, it's, it's amazing. And how walking they past, they're they're just drew, like no tent over the no. in the sun, and I'm going to my my trailer. Like I'm sorry, yeah. can I have something to drink? They like <laughs> wa- wash them on a fire hose. They're like. You know, I'm hungry. Half-eaten protein bar slaps the guy in the side of the face, and he's like, thank you so much. Hey, what if we change your name to X? Extra to background. Background, you think you'll give us more respect? No. no. So, um, Pretty good gig now, though. It is. I found you, out how much it pays these what, days. What is it these days? It's like over 300 A day? Yeah. Wow, it was like, it was like 110 back then. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. And you're spending like all, it's not, not worth 110 oh, I'll no. tell you that. 300 bucks is a good gig. Yeah. For a day, especially if you're working like a full week. If you can, if you can, yeah, bring, and, and, you know, you'd bring a book, bring a, you yeah. know, a switch or something with yeah. you. Yeah, that's know. all I did at the time. I was just, I just remember for half the time, Point Origin, I was on the phone with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. That's all I did. I was messing around. And this is before the sp- smartphones and all that. You, you, you could check your emails and spend a full day on the side and when it was time. Because I had done, I had done extra work on television shows, on everything, on it. For a while, and I wasn't getting. I got a couple. So the way it works, you get vouchers, and I don't know if it still works like this. But back then, you would get X amount of vouchers, and then if you do, then you could apply to get into the union, unless you had like a contact, and you could spend a like a full day get your vouchers every day, and then have someone sign off on it, like the producer sign off on it, which is very rare to do. Yeah, which is exactly what I wind up doing. Like the because I was working at Silver Pictures and. I, you know, David Gambino to this day is like one of my best friends in the world, and he's and I worked for for him, and he was, um, he was also, he, I mean, he was like the big brother that I never had, Long Island guy. He was, just, you, have you met David? Do you think you sat at a table with him maybe at my wedding? Oh yeah, probably. I mean, it's been a while. He worked for he worked for for Robert Downey Jr. for he was like the president of his company for a while. Like he's 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 the boss. He's a boss. Um, and he um, 
I was leaving, you know, and he he, he was like, "You sure you want to leave?" Because I was I was taking off to do more stand up and produce a pilot. I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "All right, well, you know, well, what can I do for you?" And I was like, "Look, the only thing," because he was shooting, he was producing Invasion. I said, "The only thing I really love to do is if I could get those freaking vouchers. I need to do it because I'm going out to stand. I was trying to do more acting at the time." And he's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll hook you up, right?" So I was, but I, you know, he's like, "You got to work." I was like, "Of course." So I go and I'm on the I'm on the set of uh, downtown L.A. And we're doing these scenes where I don't even remember what we're running around, but it was such like it was the best experience I ever had because I remember I was and I never not once ever bragged about, well, you know why I'm here, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. To everybody else, I was just in that. But one night or it was actually every night, but but what <laughs> I but the first night was we were standing around and Gambino was on set and I never like waved him down or everything to, you know, he's walking around and he sees me and he goes, yeah. And the extras are looking around like, what's, 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 who they, who's he calling? Who's he calling? Everyone's getting excited. And I, and I go under, like, and I just leave with him. And I go eat with him in, in the, in the you know, next to the cast and, and everything. And they're like, what? how'd you do that? How'd you do that? And I was like, ah, I just, you know, I know, I know the guy from, from this. I didn't, again, didn't tell anybody what was. I didn't want people to be, like, all pissed off. But, like, every night I would go, like, these poor guys are, like I said, eating a half-eaten protein bars. Oh. And I'm eating the meals with, um with him and and i got my and that's how i got my card that day and it was it, for the, the three days and he was really he, he, hooked, he hooked it up yeah it was it's a racket and i i only got mine because i booked a sag commercial and they liked me enough to pay like i got whatever um uh taft hartley yeah. Sure. yeah 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 so i got taft hartley did it so then i was sag eligible until i booked and another got, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that was you know great because i was like oh does remind me I gotta pay my dues. I haven't, I haven't paid them. I, I've been paying my dues every year. I, even, I don't do shit for actually yeah. not in the union, but I always wanted to make sure that I stayed in. I because I worked like even though it's like okay, that's how you got your card. You don't understand how hard <laughs> I worked trying to do an extra stuff oh. before that. And it was like the last. It was like a last hail mary to where David was like, yeah. And then they got the executive producer, the other producer, to, to sign off on it. It was really cool. I can remember. I can't remember the guy's name. He had this. He looked like Johnny Cash. He was such a cool dude. Um, it's like, like, like just the main on this guy, <laughs> and just like one of those cool. You know, you walk around, you just knew he. You could tell this guy was a producer, yeah. like old school. Um, but anyway, that it was, was a, tough. It's not people. Yeah. It's not easier to book you know, a background job no, than it man. is to book like an actual gig. No, and there no. was like central kit. There's all these, you got to go through like a full yeah. agency and stuff. And you kind of got to, you know, you'd got to know back then you'd have to kind of know the person running it. So they'd pull your name, you know, and it's always that guy when on set, that's an extra. That's like the professional. Extra. Oh, he's done it. Lifer. He's been, he's, yeah. it's like, like any other job, but this guy knows the tricks. He knows the back and forth. Yeah. He knows what he, to do. He, he brought his own lunch. Everything. <laughs> Everything he's selling, he's got a side racket in the alley, yeah. And he's, uh, but he's he's got a he's he's got a cot, right? But he, but you know that type of guy or girl, is, he just knows the system, knows where to stand yeah. to make sure that he gets his face uh, on, on camera, yeah. You know, like all the little tricks. This guy or girl has done it a million times over. That's a big one. That's a, there, there was a commercial I shot that had like ten people in it, and we were all, had all been hanging out. It was a Southwest yeah. commercial, and we all said, "Listen." Sight lines, people. Yeah. Right. So we'd all go like this, and they go, "Hey, go this way a little bit." You know, we made sure none of us were getting cut out of right. this thing. It's you a racket. Working together. It's a racket. It we really. We're all like you know yeah. primary players, so we didn't want to get you know uh, we couldn't see your face in that shot. But all of the extras feel like they're getting something over on the crew and the producers and the directors, and they've all seen it a million yeah. times over. But there are those 
extras that get like get away with shit like you mm-hmm. see people like in some of these movies that are just so bad like <laughs> when you really catch some of them and they're just like the reaction guys is a Oh, oh! It's like, what are you, what are you doing? You're just supposed to be laughing, guy. <laughs> I think I saw one recently where there, it's like people running out yeah. of a place, and the guys like up in the right camera. in the camera. <laughs> but like they, because in in a lot of people's heads, they think that they're going to get noticed, mm-hmm. and like, what a story it will be. Yeah. If I'm on the side next to uh, Leo and, you know, and I make this big moment, he's like, yeah, man, you got the goods. <laughs> it's like, that's never, that is never going to happen. <laughs> never. You know what? I'm going to be a lead in my next film. I never the seen. The way you went, like. <laughs> I've never seen anybody eat a tomato like that. Oh. I've never seen it. Man, you're good. You are good. <laughs> you gotta respect it. You gotta oh. respect the racket. I mean, if you could, if you could work it, I mean, it was a yeah. good gig. If you got, you know, few, but I mean, still, it's it's grueling. <sighs> it is yeah. grueling because you're there. They, they can keep you. You know, they're not gonna like let you go earlier. They're no, gonna keep. They you need from, you for each scene, man. Like, oh, like, yeah, no, we might use you later. Stick around. But they will. But they will have to pay overtime. On, yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, on a lot of tough. So a lot, that's why a lot of the time the extras don't give a shit. But they're and they're every single time you're on. There's always people trying to get those vouchers. Oh. Always trying to find a way to... And is that all, still... I don't even I don't know, know if that's still the way. I don't know if that's a thing. It, it's there SAG was. after now. And at, right. There used to be a way to get in... No, after, I think you just had to pay. It was TV, though. Yeah. Wasn't it? Just TV? Yeah. And that, that that whole merger kind of... I don't know what happened. Screwed everything up, I think. No uh, clue. But I never had to join after or pay anything because when they merged, you know, I was already in. I You wouldn't have yeah, to either. I, I, I was, it was... When I... I joined it. They had not merged. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. It was 2007. So, yeah. but when you, like, if you didn't join after, oh, you joined them both or you? I, it just combined it. Yeah, one. so that's me too. Yeah, I was yeah. in SAG, then I was after. Right. Back, but if you were working. Back in and the day, it was one or the other. You had to buy them yeah, both. Right. You'll pay for both and right. be in and both. And then they merged together. Yeah. Right. So that's all that stuff. So it was, that was a crazy, but that's, you know, that's how it's it is. The business of show. It really is. Have you, have you, um, I, and I've probably seen heat. <laughs> have you seen the heat? No, but I have been watching. Uh, I've been watching, as I told everybody again, with the Sopranskis, right? So this is a really cool story, actually. Not not as combined with the with the Sopranos itself, because I can't imagine you started watching it. Um, no. So I'm in, I'm in season three now, but I had, there was a big story that had dropped recently about um, James Gandolfini had gotten um, offered the lead role of The Office after Carell left. Oh, really? And they offered him, I think it was like, I might, I might have gotten the numbers wrong here, but I, they offered him like $4 million to do it. I'm trying to think about that. And that... HBO paid him three not to. What? So that came out in a podcast called Talking Sopranos with Steve Sharippa, who played Bacala. And um, Michael Imperioli, who played uh, Christopher Moltisanti. I was planning on listening to this show anyway because of everything that I've been doing with um, rewatching it and wanting, now that I've rewatched it, to go back. They go episode by episode, and they have a lot of different guests. It's fascinating. I love, I love the show, and I started listening to it. And it's funny because Steve Sharippa started talking about how he was, before he got put into um, it, the story of how both he and Michael Imperioli got their roles is fascinating all in itself. They talk, they go and they, cause it started, the podcast started last year. It right, right in the, like the heat of the pandemic. Right. So they were doing it 
virtual and and they were um and they're going back and forth telling their stories and michael imperial is told how he got it and the things that he was doing and then sherpa didn't come on until season two but to hear him talk about how they got he he was going he, he was talking about how he was a promoter at riviera right at booking comedians and acts oh wow. i knew that he booked me in 2003 when um, I I was it was I can't remember the dude who was the who was the feature but it was um it was me and then the the guy was in Friends the dude who was the the second and he he it was the armadillo episode and I, I remember this very clearly walking around the Riviera Hotel talking to this dude about his role on Friends it was the armadillo episode which I think funny enough Bonnie Somerville was in that oh. I didn't know Bonnie at the time but. Um, that guy is, I feel like the guy's name was Sean. I can't fucking remember. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and then Jimmy Walker. And I had heard horror stories about Jimmy Walker, how he was so hard to work with, that he really? was bitter, like that he was all very nice to me. I, I would I would assume he would be. I'd he was very nice to me. He was definitely, you know, hard-edged. Yeah. And he was definitely like, you know, maybe not the most cheerful guy in the world. But to me, he was very nice. And... I remember the la- he was he would sell these shirts and I still have it somewhere right and he had these shirts and I asked him at the end of the thing I said you know I I would love one of the shirts he's like he's, he's you're a comedian you you want one of these and I was like yeah I would love one I was a big fan man and he's and he was actually very like thankful he just threw one at me gave yeah. to me but hey, and kid. so yeah exactly so but Sharipa actually booked this guy I want to tell you Steve Rodriguez was the guy's name. From the Bohemian manager who was friends with Steve, and then they sent it over to my my tape because I had be- just become a regular at the comedy store. I've been regular at the comedy store for about a year at that point, and I did the Riviera, and I worked the Riviera. My 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 brothers came out to see me. My dad came out to see me. My ex girlfriend, my friends came out to see me in Vegas, and we all. It was like a few nights. Like I I I, I want to tell you it was like a full week. It felt it felt like it was it was a while. I was there I was there from at least I feel like Wednesday to Sunday. I don't know. Steve nice. might be able to tell you, but anyway, so I I actually tweeted it out to tell friend to tell the the fans that they should be listening to the show, especially if we're re- rewatching The Sopranos because it's fascinating the how they go into it. But he started following me afterwards, you know, because I told him and I I said funny fact: Steve booked me back in two thousand three. I would love to get him on this show. I would love to get him on uh on uh, just just to to shoot the shit with the guy about Sopranos in general because both these guys hearing the stories of what went in on that show and his so his story that he was telling season two was that it shows you how like fate works right he was in he was in vegas and he he came he was his buddy was getting married in new york so he wouldn't have been there he had to, for his own dime to audition like he wouldn't he yeah they, they weren't going to pay him to come in and audition so he but he flew in and he was flying in anyway so what the fuck so he goes in and and, it, and one thing leads to another he winds up getting the gig you know, off of had any, and he says it himself inside of it. He doesn't. His buddy doesn't get married. His life is completely different. Yeah, Isn't that crazy how little things work like that. I, I I'm still hung up on. I want somebody to pay me not to do something. Oh, that's the three mil. <laughs> Please, that's all I want in life is yeah, people to just constantly be paying me not, not to, to do, do something. something. To do is a baller. Though. But I so th- th- explain that because that's what's intriguing. I didn't hear that story yet. I just oh. hear. I just. From the only thing that I, because I, I'm, I'm going. I don't want to be spoiled from what they're, because I'm, I'm in season three right now, and I want to go. Like I was talking to my buddy of mine who listens to their show, and he's like, I only listen to the ones on the, the guests that I like. I'm listening to every one because Shripa and and Imperioli, hearing them talk, like it, the first three episodes I'm on, 
are, ju- are just them. And then they transfer into, I think their, their first guest is the, the dude who played um, uh, Jackie Aprile, which is, he, he was the, do you, how much of the show did you watch? Oh, I watched the whole thing. You watched yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So he was the one in season one where, remember the, the, the mob boss who Tony like looked up for and he died of cancer? Yeah. That's Jackie Aprile. Okay. So that dude actually auditioned to play, it was the three people that were, that were up for it. I had known this, but I forgot in hearing them talking about it. The three people that were up for that role was um, this dude. I can't remember his name. Michael, I think something uh, for Jackie April. And it was Stephen Van Zant was up for Tony. Oh, wow. That Silvio Dante wasn't even a character, but they, but David Chase liked him so much. He wrote him a thing. And, um, yeah, but they talk about Pauly Walnuts. And speaking of Pauly Walnuts, Tony Sirico, like, I'm, I didn't even tell you, like, the, the because now once you start watching, like, clips and shit, like, H, uh, YouTube sends in all these recommendations. I sent this, speaking of my buddy David Gampino, and I, I'll tell you exactly what the name of this video is so you guys, I got to play some of this. I'm going to play some of this um, for you guys, like, right now. Um, this is Tony Sirico. An interview. Tony Sirico played Pauline Walnuts, in, um, and he was by far the most authentic, uh, like wise guy that they had on that show. Like, did you do you know anything about him? No, dude. You gotta hear some of this. Like, this is this is like, like you don't want to fuck with this dude. <laughs> like, you do not want to fuck with this dude. Um, I'll, I'll play this is this for those people who had never heard of this is this is Tony Sirico. I'm not gonna play the whole thing because it's pretty long, but uh, I'm gonna play a little bit of a clip. This is from 1989. So this is I think before yeah, so before he was even in Goodfellas, he was in this very small clip in Goodfellas. But this is Tony Sirico, Paulie Walnuts. One of these days when this fucking it's anytime you want to play a clip, it, it, it buffers. I've been a couple of armed robberies in my life, and I pay for them. I did what I had to do. Did you ever go to jail? Yeah. How many times? A few times. Did you, uh, did you kill? Did I what? <laughs> How did it get started? Why is it here? You're asking me? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. You'd have to ask my brother the priest. Do you believe in God? You gotta ask me that? <laughs> I, I would never be here if there wasn't something bigger than us all. Fell in love with a little girl in the neighborhood about three months after I got married. It's really hard for me to explain. I just went downhill from there. It was an eventual divorce, and that's why my kids and me are not that close. And I wish I could have changed that somewhere along the line. I was madly in love with this girl. I mean, I was madly in love with her. I left my wife for her, left my two kids for her. Don't ask me why. I... I used to just... I was quiet around her. But the moment that the moment somebody would look at her, or I would think they were looking at her, or, or maybe, maybe even you're right, maybe I wanted, I wanted to, 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 to show her that I was in her defense. I, I, I gave a lot of guys beatings. <laughs> for her we were in we were in the sheep's head bay one night listen to this joe's clam bar and i was inside getting cigarettes and uh, she was outside uh, ordering whatever and some sailor came by and was talking to her and i freaked out and i'm telling you i freaked out 
I went outside and I just started wailing on him. But I mean, I gave him a beating. I mean, I, mean, I overdid it, you know. I wasn't in my right head. I mean, it was a bad, bad time in my life. That's why I'm, I'm telling you about it. And I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, I am ashamed of it, but uh, this helps me. When I was done giving him that beating, I threw him over, over the, the rail into the water, into the bay, and he hit the boat. There was a, there was a fishing boat there. He hit the boat, and uh, I don't even know to this day what happened to this guy. I just took that's an interview. That's an interview, dude. Oh, he, I thought he was doing. That was an audition. He's. he's no, no. This is a real. This is, this is a real story. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, that motherfucker. And that's that's just a little bit of it. Well, then, the, yeah, he's forty five years old at that. In uh, that. In that clip, he's forty five years old. <laughs> I feel pretty good for forty seven. <laughs> <laughs> that guy lived it. He, he lived it. Jesus. He lived it. And like Tony Sirico is no joke. Wow. No joke. Like if you guys can find that interview, like. It just says Tony Sirico interview 1989. I it just popped up in my recommendations and I watched it. It is fascinating. Like that dude was like legit. They asked him a bunch of different things like throughout. Like, and it's it's a longer interview, but obviously wow. not going to play the whole thing. But isn't that isn't that crazy? Oh, that yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm like, wow, this is a brilliant it's acting. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no. But he took that stuff and oh. he brought it to um to the Sopranos for sure and and I'd say one of my I'd say one of my favorite characters other than Paulie. Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just my favorite was just cuz as as somebody as a server if somebody did yeah, like right. this, you, get, you, you lose. That's yeah. what you would Well, there's that whole episode in in um in episode in season 1 where Carmela hires her friend to cater cuz the business gets Oh yeah. Down. And the friend sees Carmela go like this to a, to a to one of the maids. She's like, and then in the party, she looks over to her friend and goes, and it <laughs> pisses the friend off, understandably so. Played by the great Catherine Narducci, who I knew from the same um, management company I was working at. That introduced me to Steve, who who Steve, um, God, I want to say is I I always forget the guy's last name. It's so dumb. I was. I guess I think it was Rodriguez. Spielberg. No, it's not Spielberg. Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure it was Rodriguez. <laughs> and I and he was a manager and I became buddies with him. And then he I remember him calling me in and go, Hey, you know, I'm I'm friends with Steve Sharippa and he's booking out uh and, I, and at the time, you know, it was like two thousand and three, so like Sopranos was massive. And I was like I was like and I was I was pumped to um be able to go into that club. And it was a it was a big moment for me to be able to do those that oh, club I bet. at the time. Yeah, were we were we hanging out at that time? Well, that's right around when I had a uh, got married, two thousand four. Right. I got married. Oh, you guys see what must have. If I if I came to your wedding, I remember the I remember the the going to Vegas thing. I don't know why I couldn't make it. Make it, yeah. yeah. Probably yeah. didn't have the cash. Maybe, but it was a. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, if it was two thousand, I was probably you know getting ready for a wedding well, and Ian, saving up. Well, because well, Ian was there. Ian, my buddy Ian Virgo yeah, came. Yeah. Like I think like a lot of my buddies from back then, like they came in for like the, my ex girlfriend came in for you know because I was I remember being there a few nights and nobody was there and then I remember like my my dad and my brothers came in. There's a picture of the three of us that were sitting there in the in the crowd afterwards. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a great experience and I remember. Crafting a bunch of new jokes that I wound up taking back to the comedy store with me um, from that that started to really work for me. Yeah. That I that I crafted at the at the Riviera from being on stage that night, and, and I learned it was so funny. There was so it was such a contrast. And did I would tell you the improv story with uh, in in Miami with it was like Fort Lauderdale actually with uh, with um, Jamie Kaler and Mark Franco. Maybe. <laughs> 
Dude, you try to remember name. You're like, did I ever tell you? Yeah, you probably did. I don't know, maybe I don't know, but but so the, the contrast in it was that at the comedy store, you like in the original room, you would go up, and regulars would bring up other people, and someone would host the night. And I did that a couple of times, and I'm by my my own admission, I am not a I'm not a host when it comes to comedy. It, there is a special talent oh, yeah. involved in it, and Ken is brilliant at it. Makuga um, is really good at it. It's not my it's not my thing. I'm not I'm not good at no. it. No, and um, I hated when people would say like, "Oh, they're just hosts." You know, like bullshit. no, that that's a there is a special skill yeah. to being a host. I will never. I will. I will. You you have you really gotta you gotta work and you got You you set the tone in the beginning there. Sure, if somebody has a big audience, like they can even if they can get. The crowd back if there's a bad host, absolutely, I'm sh- I'm sure. And of all, I mean, I would, and I'm not just saying that because I know I'm, you know, I mean, like Ken, I didn't hang out with Ken, I didn't know him, like, but I remember him. I can, I don't think I can name any other ones other than Ken. Uh, the, who's the older guy that has a radio show now? Uh, oh, uh, um, oh, shoot, Frazier, Frazier, Frazier Smith. Yeah, yeah, Frazier Smith. Other than him, I, I'm, I can't even, you know, I mean, there's a couple. Yeah, but for those were the ones that were back in the day for sure. I never, but Ken, yeah, he, he, like, and and. Great to work out bits and yeah. Y- yeah, and you would do that. So, but at the comedy store, they had people doing it throughout the night. You would host the op- the from the open mic leading into it, and and regulars they only had regulars do it, and you, and you would lead the open mic. You would lead the you could you go into the the next uh, the next set, the next um, show, and and I would do that a couple times, and I and I I enjoyed it. I didn't do it a lot because, like I said, I didn't. It wasn't my thing. But when I was offered it for Riviera. You know, to basically, I, I you go up, you do fifteen minutes, which is a lot of time oh, yeah. for back then. Fifteen minutes, and you do it up top, and then you get to bring up the the opening act, then you bring up uh, Jimmy Walker afterwards. You throw a couple, and you set the tone for for what's going on. So, I did really well when I was at the Riviera. I enjoyed it, and I continued to do it. So, two thousand and was it seven? I don't remember, but Jamie Kaler had brought. Mark Franco and me to Fort Lauderdale with with him. And and so there there's a movie that Steve Byrne just did and I think it's called The Opening Act, right? And there's a story that happens to this character that legit happened to me. <laughs> he goes to well, I I'll just tell you my part of it. We go and this is a big big improv, like one of the biggest ones and it's jam packed. I don't know what happens, but I fucking tank as an opener. I mean, as a host, tank, like, like bad. Yeah. Like my my set, my dad was in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like, like my set was off. Audience wasn't feeling it. it I, I knew it was bad. I mean, I knew it when I was up there. So much so that the club owner goes to Jamie Kaler and is like, "This this guy, I got to bring in somebody else, man. This guy's like this guy. He's, he's not good." And and Jamie's like, "He's a fucking regular at the comedy store, <laughs> and he's really good. I've seen. I perform with him all the time. You got to give him." He's like, "That wasn't good." And I said, and I said, that I know it wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, so they took me off as a host. They brought this guy in Forrest. I remember like being so mad at the guy. That was a fucking <laughs> sweetheart of a guy. And he's, a, he's, a, and he was, and he came in. He was super. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. He didn't know that I ate shit in front of all these people. He just knew that I was. Uh, he, he, he just was coming in. And he was a local guy. And now I think he lives here. And he was a, but he was buddy of my friend James. But anyway, he comes in. But the manager said, "Look, how about this? How about?" I'll give you I'll give you guest spots throughout. He came all this way. I'll give you guest spots throughout. He'll bring you up first, and you can warm up the crowd. So you so you Hilton Forest will do whatever the time top. You can do like six seven minutes, and then 
bring in Frank on. I was like, well, you know, on, in my head, I'm going, well, this is where I, this yeah. is what I do anyway. So next night, I fucking destroyed. And the guy's like, yeah, the manager, right? And I'm like, I, to- I told you. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, like, he's like, you just, you don't like hosting? I go, fucking hate hosting. <laughs> and he's, and he's like, all right, all right, well, you, you can, you can do the second show. And I did the second show, and I crushed. He's like, all right, you come back tomorrow night. So I, I got my spots back, but and he let me go, and I could blow the light just a little bit. So I went up to doing like eight to ten minutes yeah. anyway. But like, dude, that was that was soul crushing. Oh, those thought it was are, over. I thought it was over. Well, you know, the, the, the Luna people used to put me up before the host. <laughs> you know, that was their little their oh, little right. crumbs remember, for shooting remember, the videos. I remember that. So you right. want to talk about a bullet spot. <laughs> it was like people are mingling in still, and I've got a type five right. before the host gets Who's up. that guy? That's the janitor. <laughs> That's the janitor. He's going to be sweeping he's up. Clean, he's cleaning up the stage. Dumps. Wonder why I didn't stick with that. No shit. Uh, listen, before uh, something you guys should definitely stick with, I'll tell you right now, is this cuts. I... I have been loving, loving cuts. I, they they sent you they sent you stuff. Yeah, I wore it yesterday. Oh, dude, it's fantastic. The um, the sport of business it means demanding excellence from your craft and your wardrobe. Your fits need to be versatile. You got to blend timeless style and comfort so that you look as good as you feel. And for that, there's cuts clothing. I can't speak highly enough about this clothing. It's so it doesn't it it doesn't um, get affected in the wash. It does it's it's and that's. Everything, every single time I have something, I put it in the wash, I do this, and it, they get ruined. Not with cuts. They've taken a classic men's fashion staple. It's just a plain tee, and they refined it, combining premium quality with a minimalistic aesthetic. It's cut shirts. They have the shirts. They've got the polos. they got the hoodies and um, crew sweatshirts. They are made for the man who works hard, plays hard, and never settles for less, all in the sport of business. Take a plain tee, but make it Tony Stark. The bleeding edge of fabric technology meets the man confident enough to wear it. I mean, I they sent it to me a little while back. It was just a little cold in L.A., and I was wearing the hoodies, and I didn't want to take it off. I had the polo. My wife said, where'd you get all that? <laughs> I was like, I got it from Cuts, man. It's phenomenal. I love it, and I've been wearing it a lot. In 2016, Cuts founder Steve Burrell set out to create clothes ready for every occasion in the modern man faces. He started by reinventing the T-shirt. And what did he get? Well, it's what GQ magazine calls it's the only shirt worth wearing. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I want a lot more of these things. I love them. If you want the perfect T-shirt, you're gonna get it. It's accomplished. That's what they did. Next, Cuts set out to create fabric uniquely engineered for each clothing style. You will never want to take this stuff off, guys. I promise you. You're certainly not gonna want to. Try the wrinkle-free Pika. Polo. It is a design that keeps you fitted for the office, the golf course, at home, the gym, or your next hot date. It's not just a lifestyle. It's not just clothing. It's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. You get 15% off. Did you hear that? 15% off of your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash senlive. That is cutsclothing.com slash senlive. You get 15% off. The only shirt worth wearing. Like, you know, Ellis loves this stuff, too. Loves. He loves. I had the collared one on, and prior to my V-neck phase, I was a collar guy. Yeah. And I was like, damn, and this could be, like, my date shirt. It was a black, just black collared polo. You you look like you're working out, too. Yeah, I'm like, shit. Oh, I'm looking good. I know. It's true. (laughs) I was was like, he really really made this uh, slob look good. (laughs) Saying that to the Kate the other day, I was like, you know, you got a mean streak in you at all? Do you? See, I think from the, the Italian part, I was like, I got a mean streak the other day. Just looking at this dude, and I was like, 
fucking balding slob. <laughs> and I shut the mirror and said, you shouldn't be so hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, I'm going to Fort Lauderdale <laughs> next week. Whoa. Bow, 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 bow. Yeah. <laughs> I still got it. No, you don't. You want some of this, Trinity? I've been doing. I'm. I'm. I cut out the gluten and the dairy and shit. I was just finding like my stomach was just bloated every night yeah. because I got into that just pastas and crap like that. Oh. Just you know, just always eating crap during this time. People went two routes. They went. The, they went the like. I'm gonna get the COVID. working out yeah. all day long to where it's just or or just going. Yeah, I'm yeah, just, just like happened pasta, a lot. Pasta, pizza, whatever. Close you know. And now this fucking Delta variant. Eesh, oh my eesh. God. But now I'm start. I'm like, no, I got to get in shape because I was getting, like, sluggish and shit. So, like, yeah, got to do that. Got to get the anculus. Dude, I'm telling you. Like, it is every day. And these these, these trainers, some motivational. <laughs> but I also I was thinking, like, as I'm listening, they're, they're like, you got it. You're a good person. I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> like, you should be talking to a fucking serial killer with an oculus on. And, like, that's right. What you're about to do in your life. It's really special. <laughs> like, what are you talking? Are you talking? You don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> fucking jerked off into a sock. <laughs> I don't know who needs to hear this, but you're special. I sharpening a knife. To right, go, really? Right. You know, right. What you're doing is worthwhile. Wow, right. thank you, random person on Twitter. Right. And You've like, got a real gift. <laughs> I, I was having second thoughts about right. it. No, I was thinking about, re- I was, you know, I was going to take it. I was going to turn myself in, but, you know. No, no, I Be careful with those tweets, people. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, when it, like, just listen, it's so motivational just to make you just like, everything you're doing is worth it. Yeah. Thank you. I just sharded <laughs> Exactly. What you're about to do is going to make everybody better. I do have to take a massive shit. Yeah. So thank you so much. I did a deep state impression of all the Looney Tunes characters <laughs> on a show yesterday. Um, did you really? Yeah. Somebody said something. Boy, you really went for that. I was yeah. just like, it was Foghorn Leghorn, you Tweety, lo- Sylvester, and you everything. Lo- you're just, it's, it's that, it's, I think you and I had that same thing where it's like, you have the barometer where you're, you can talk about normal things, and then that's, you got to get out that absolute lunacy yeah. that's in there. And then once that comes out, okay, and it resets. I saw somebody make some comment on here. It's like, I haven't checked the show out in quite a while, and uh, Christian Harlow's pretty subdued. Is this a normal thing? <laughs> I'm like, you ain't been watching <laughs> shit, brother. You're, you're telling the truth. You're telling the truth. You haven't watched it in a bit because, like, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been fun to do this. I'm, I'm, loving, I'm loving just being able to shoot the shit again. Yeah. It's, it's it's in person. Like my poor wife, she, even right before you got in here, she's just like, it's, with kids, people don't understand. Like everyone's like, oh, you get, you got vaccinated, go go out and do your thing. It's like, yeah, but even these fucking breakthroughs, I don't know. It's like eighty six percent of these new cases, all this fucking Delta variant is still a motherfucker is not getting vaccinated. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. And I'm sure her comments. Well, I don't approve them. Yeah, get fucking vaccinated for fuck's sake. It's like <laughs> seriously. It's like. And now is, there's even there's even both sides because it was getting politicized, and I fucking saw on Twitter like Sean Hannity was fucking telling people to, this morning to get to get vaccinated. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they, nobody's fucking around anymore. But at, at at first it was us versus them, and now when you're like, yeah, how about we sue the fucking network for giving false information? And they're like, well, <laughs> actually, you know, maybe maybe we should maybe start being better. responsible here. But and this is everything. And again, oh, when that the mask ma- mandate like came back, I was. Like, I was just starting to get comfortable. Little, I, I was. It wasn't quite there, but I was branching Ooh, out, and then shouldn't. I just like it shut me down they again. Should have never fucking taken that thing off in the first place. Yeah. 
because it's like the honor system. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me. It's like, yeah, we got to trust people. Yeah, even what? my kids are like, you know, I didn't even, they didn't even hear me do the the um, people vaccinated or liars bit. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing when we're going, oh, look at this sign. We're going into the bowling and they're like, yeah, you vaccinated and liars, my yeah. son says. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> he's, he's, they're both like people. Funny. Like, he, he goes, yeah, but this whole crew in front of us was what a bad thing. Like it was, he kind of profiled this group of people in front of us. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I bet none of these people are vaccinated. I know. I go, I see what you're saying, bro. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the problem is that you just like you. It, it's camo hat. I was, well, I was watching. What the hell was I watching? Some clip that popped up again on on social media, and they were talking about. This vaccinations and in general about how it's politicized and back and forth. And there was a guy; he was a he was an analyst on on Fox News for years, and he got fired. But he was on there for like I think like fifteen years. And he goes, and he said, "Yeah, the misinformation that's coming out." He goes, "It makes me think uh, uh, less of people, and I think very less of humanity in the first place." <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's like, and everybody wants to be like optimistic and say and 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 say, "Well, oh, you know, people are good." People are fucking scumbags. No. <laughs> Look at all this shit. Like every is a reason why ratings are so good on news when the worst shit is happening. Because oh. it's like it's like in people to like well, I don't want to hear about oh this there was a happy story like everyone's that's why they go viral everyone is like a really happy story because we, you know it's it's so rare. We watched this whole thing and I don't know it was it was. There was that the history of the sitcom, but then it kind of blended into a different yeah. one that was talking about how news suddenly became like entertainment and yeah, yeah, nightcrawler. Yeah. Basically, it used to be just here's the news, but then it was who can get the the dirtiest, and it was like the Menendez brothers times. All that yeah, shit. That, it's it's just, that because it's like it's it's combining like the character of because it's that same thing of, and still I still feel people feel this way. If it's not if you don't know the person directly. It's not real to you. It's not. A, it's a character, right? I even remember I, when I was working at The Bachelor. And one of the reasons that I stopped, I haven't really talked about this, but I, I stopped working there because they wanted me to be a full-on producer on the field, all of this stuff, and and we're and I. So this buddy of mine, who actually William Holman, who's a guy who was on the show, I became like friends with him. We're still friends. We yeah. treat each other the time. He's a really good guy. He's a funny dude and all this shit. And I and I became buddies with him. And I enjoy, and it was called before it was Bachelor in Paradise. It was Bachelor Pad, and I worked on Bachelor Pad, and I was on the floor for the second season. Really, like enjoyed talking to the cast. But the thing that then they wanted me to go on for Bachelor and start traveling, and I was in the middle of trying to. Do, I had to make a choice. It's either, and 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 Sadie hadn't been pregnant yet with Vivian, so it was. And we knew we were going to try. So the question was: Was I going to be? Tra- and I'd be traveling all over the world, doing all this stuff and dealing with the cast, and they, they wanted they. It, Straight up offered. Yeah. That's what we, what, what we want you to do. That also meant that I had to give up doing schmoes because I couldn't work on it. And I was working in, and I was building out my channel while I was st- I was doing my work, but I was building out my channel. Yeah. So I had a meeting with a, with produ- a big producer there, and he was telling me about, he was assuming that I was going to take it because nobody turned it down. That was Otherwise, why would you be there, right? So he's like, the thing you need to remember, though, is these are not people. They're characters. And I get the mindset, but in my head I go, I, I can't see it that way. Yeah. Because these aren't, like, I understand when you're in post and you're treating them like characters to maneuver them around, but when you're manipulating them to do what you want, you're not manipulating character. You're manipulating a person. Yeah. And I, 
I didn't have to do that on Bachelor Pad because it was different. Like they're playing a game and stuff, and I was like, I don't really want to do that. Like it's good if I'm doing the stuff that I'm doing in post and watching and putting together, finding footage and bloopers and putting shit together and saying, oh, that moment, the editor needs that. And that's how I met Rachel Cushing, you know? And so, yeah. like, so doing all that stuff like that, that was fine. But after a while, and I understood it completely, um, one of the guys over there that I love, this guy Jeff, he called me in and he was the guy who hired me. And he called me in after, I mean, I had been there. I was there from 2009 to like 2013 working. Like, and it was a steady gig. That show was still it's never going off the fucking air. And I worked bachelor, bachelorette, bachelor pad. And I like only had a couple of days off, I mean, a couple of weeks off because I wasn't union. So, like, but it was, it was a nice gig, you know, and I was able to work on schmoes and all that. But I remember um, him calling me in afterwards, like, because I had passed up every, every potential promotion that they were giving me, I said no to. And I kept keeping the same position. Everybody else was moving up. And I was like, no, because I just, to me, it was, like, that. It was like, it's a steady gig. Mm-hmm. I'm doing fine with this. I'm still, I'm, I'm making money off of YouTube also, doing this stuff and, and building up schmoes and starting to, as when schmoes know, was really moving. And we were start, like, we were transitioning from tro- Toad Hop and we were looking for a gig to or where we're going next, right? So all this stuff, it was crazy how all this happened. I don't know, again, I don't even know if I've talked about this, but I wound up getting called in. I was just like, it's got to be your last season. And I was like thinking to myself, yeah, this kind of makes sense. He's like, cause you don't, he's like, you don't want to move up. I don't know what to do. He's like, you're doing a great job. I just, I don't know what to do. There's other people coming <laughs> in for that position. And he's like, it's, he's like, you're not, it's not like you're doing a bad job. You're doing a great job, but it's like, and he's like, do you want to, and I worked one last season in the house, like uh, the beginning of the season in the control room, dawn, all that knowing it was my last, my last time. And then dude, I was on, um, I was on uh, unemployment for a little bit and then i saw a posting for so amy rose eisenbach was um someone that i had done uh like amc movie talk with a couple times and i saw a posting that they were looking for a new crew member at at uh amc so i called her and i was like i'd like to try to do this and she's like you know even with schmoes and all that stuff too and i was like yeah 100 yeah, percent. and she's like well, let me talk to john it was and i always give amy rose without amy rose i wouldn't have gotten involved in any of that crew and i've told her that a million times over she was the reason i got that gig um but i met with it was funny you had to you had to go through like a little bit of a it was it was almost like a game of thrones thing like you had it was burbank downtown burbank and i went and i talked to i think i talked to amy rose and schnepp i talked to amy rose first right by that panera bread which i don't know if it exists anymore then schnepp came in i talked to schnepp for a bit and then they like went off did something like went up these stairs <laughs> and they're like um and i guess they gave my they gave like they, they liked me and then i walked up the stairs and i went to see campia and campia was in there and we we hit it off and then i got the gig um working amc movie talk so that whole shit with leaving leaving um bachelor not having a gig i was i don't know what the hell i was gonna do and we had we did have this like sponsorship the schmoes through like loot crate Oh yeah, I remember that. Which was nuts. The the how long we had that sponsor that, that you that, still had it when I started. We had it for a while. That's yeah. that sponsorship was paying my bills for a little bit, and then you know we had that little we well paying the schmoes bills anyway. And we then once I started at AMC, and that wasn't like a it wasn't like a steady job, but it was it allowed me to get my profile up, it allowed me to do some more stuff, and then then we got the gig. We, so the After Buzz, when we were working at, um, so we weren't part of After Buzz's network. You didn't do the show back then. No. 
Kevin Undergaro was a guest on the Toad Hop Days with Maria Menounos. And, um, and she had so much fun on the show. They, like, the second show she ever did, they, she invited us to her birthday party. It was a crazy birthday wow. party. It was, it, dude, like, Makuga was in the middle of the party doing a dance-off against Derek Huff. <laughs> and he was dancing with Julian Huff. And we were, we were recording. We had the little shitty phones at the time. We were yeah. recording like, him dancing with Julian Huff. And Derek Huff, like, closed it. He's like, no, no taping, no taping. And Makuga's, like, dancing with Maria Menounos and going, <laughs> like, that's where, the, like, the wild man moniker really started to stick. Um, but we had a great time. And then we started talking to Kevin. And we eventually took it. We weren't on After Buzz's network, but they let us do it from that house. And so then that started. We get sponsorships there, and that eventually turned into more spots on, on, um, on AMC, which eventually turned to Collider. And it's just crazy how the how it works oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. But um, yeah. See, that's and then you know people like me just get invited to do Beyond the Schmoes, and people are like, how the fuck did this guy get a job? I don't know shit about movies. Beyond the Schmoes. <laughs> Schmoes, no. Yeah. 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 That was my beginning. How you got it? How the fuck did this guy? He doesn't know shit. My dick knows more about. You know what's so weird about that, though? Like, for you, I don't know why that... There was two two times that... And it was just a matter of me not calling you because I just fucking spaced, yeah. honestly. There were two times. And I'll never forget it. It was... I feel bad oh. to this moment. You know what I'm about to say? Yeah. So <laughs> we filmed my show, Grasping at Straws. And, and I'll never forget this. And we were... And I we shot this whole thing. Comedians and all this stuff. And... We're leaving for the last day. We shot at the Acme. Well, Acme was Comedy Club was where the, the main thing was, and then right next door was Amalfi, and we, we shot at Amalfi. We yeah. shot there for like three days, and we had wrapped shooting, and we were walking out exhausted, and Brett was coming in or to, to Acme. Yeah, I, I was coming up to – no, I was actually coming up to the – Were you? I think it was uh, – Jody Miller had a – I was going to – it was the first time I'd done stand-up in a long time. I was going to open up for one of her classes, okay. I think, like that. So I actually came up, and, like, there's a set and stuff. Oh, yeah, we were, <laughs> yeah. We, were, we were shutting it down. You, and No, I, I saw you outside. Oh, okay. We, I thought it was up in the – You, like you might have been going there afterwards, but I, I vividly remember <laughs> your look on your face when I said to you um, – yeah, I was shooting a pilot there that you're like, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I wrote and directed. You're like, oh. <laughs> and in your head, in your head, you were saying, motherfucker, are you me in this? And, and, I, and I swear to you, I thought, fuck, I should have put Brett in this thing. And I just didn't think about it. Because we weren't hanging out as much. No, right? no. Well, that's the thing. You know, I got married. You, you got me into Acme. Right. And then you, you were like, ah, this is no, my. And I, I, I was stand like, up, oh, you stayed. God, right. this is. So I want more people to go down with the ship with right. me when I yeah. go. It's bad. I can't handle this. You know, having a bad set and that thing. And I, I love the sketch thing. Yeah. And so I mean, we weren't. And I was. You know. I mean. You know. I was when, when you get with your gal. Yeah. You, you, it you, becomes you, your life. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's I. But we would we would still see each other here and there. Like you brought over. I remember to this day you brought oh. over Blake, and I have a picture of when I was holding Blake. Yeah. I think Blake is that picture. Um. I remember some girl going, "Hey, you look really really cute <laughs> with a baby in your hand." Um. Thank God my wife doesn't listen to this show. I swear to Christ. Uh, so anyway, so um, then I saw you. I remember thinking that shit. I should have put, I should have put Brett in this fucking show. And then the the other time was in the Toad Hop days when I was building out the crew. I was building out that crew, and um, it was at first the first the way that that whole crew came about. It was me and Mark first, obviously. Yeah. And we started with John Scheiser, Scheiser, who was a um, who was a comedian at the at the store? 
he was like our first engineer and then we and then we got a second producer katie who she was she worked at corolla for a while so she was and she engineered a lot of our shows and then we transitioned into in studio because that was like portable right yeah then we transitioned in in studio and we went to um we started at at toad hop but it was at the john lovitz comedy club and it was just Mark and I, and Catherine Reitman came on for a couple shows, but it was because it was morning, it was hard for her to do. So she transitioned out. And then we are like, okay, we need another co-host. And Katie Sackhoff became our co-host. And then they moved, they moved into, Toad Hop moved into the, the, the WeWork Studios on Hollywood Boulevard. And we didn't go. We stayed at this other club. And we're like, yeah, we're going to stay with these guys. This new, I don't remember even the name of what it was. And there was this whole big thing. And, and Frank from Heidi and Frank was like, you guys don't want to come with us? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to stay here and after a little bit, I was, I, we, Mark and I had a meeting with this guy that was running. We're like, I don't know, man. And I called Frank. And then Roddy Piper asked me to do a show. He was over on Toad Hop yeah. with, with Frank. And I went over, and, and Frank was kind of like, oh, you son of a bitch. Trade room. And we were <laughs> laughing. And I just remember feeling that vibe at Roddy's thing. And I'm like, no, nah, we need to do the show here. So I told Mark, I'm like, let's, let's see if we talked to Frank. He's like, yeah, man, come on over. Frank, was, Frank Kramer was great about it. And we started to do the show. It was just me. Katie and um, and Mark, and then there was a battle that they had on Twitter for who was going to be the next producer, and whoever won would be the producer. And I don't remember what the contest was, but Ken won. <laughs> so then Ken came in, and Ken was a producer. And then Riley would come back in doing like facts and brought him in. And then we're like, I said, what if Makuga was like our Artie Lang type guy, and he could be in the back just kind of drinking and doing some crazy yeah. shit? So we had him come in, and then we auditioned or, or interviewed interns and then jte came in and that's kind of how that all formed and then once katie sackoff had to leave because she booked like a ton of jobs then we met tiffany smith on an audition and we asked her to come on as a guest she fit in so that's all how that formed but honestly if we go back also i would have <laughs> i would have put you on the show back i then don't too. even know like what i was i mean i didn't see 2012 it, it was 2012 was when that we first started over there. Oh, okay. I had a two-year-old and a... Yeah, so it's probably hard for you anyway at that point. Yeah, I don't even know what I was doing at the time. 2012. We had we had E! Entertainment come in one time. We were playing the Celebrity Impression dating game. And Bonnie was the Bonnie was the guest. And and we also had uh, RJ Mitty from Breaking Bad who played, um, who played The Sun. Oh, okay. And E! Entertainment recorded the whole thing because there was the my manager at the time Marky Costello was um she had a show called the drama queen so we were they were going to feature this whole thing you know it's like a, a snippet of the show made it which I was bummed about because it was a really good show and they I think they could have put some more in there honestly we got some entertaining but that's not they were trying to go for this whole the whole thing was like bullshit like that what I what I always Marky is such a fascinating character that I would let's follow what she really does yeah. in her life as a casting director and all this stuff. She teaches these classes. Like that's what I thought the show was going to be. They gave her like all these scripts and they, you know, they fabricated. Like, I did a scene where they're just like, all right, now you come in and you say this, and, this, <laughs> and they and they set up Mark on this fucking bullshit date with the with the receptionist. It wasn't even a real date. It was like a scripted date. Yeah. It was so stupid. But like, and and it wasn't and it wasn't Marky Costello's fault. It was it was. The producers at E, I thought, because Marky, Marky's such a fascinating character. That would have been a great show, but I don't know what the fuck they were doing over there. Um, I got something else for you guys, which I'm, uh, um, you know, we've talked about it a million times over, and you guys know it. We've talked about BetterHelp. Um, we're very excited that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
if there's something interfering with your happiness or it's preventing you from achieving your goals, I know that that's been, um, that's been uh, I, I, I think, for a lot of people over the last year and a half, and especially, you know, with everything kind of going on again now, and people's, as Brett said, is y- you get a little disappointed with the way the world's going. Um, there is something that you can do. And BetterHelp will assess you and your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is just professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses that you can schedule weekly video, or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You got to visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash S-E-N live. That is better. Help H E L P and join the over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in, o- in all 50 states. There's a special offer for SEN Live listeners. You get 10% off the first month at betterhelp.com slash SEN Live. So make sure you do that. Um, it has been helping a lot of people. And I hope it helps you. You've been uh, watching anything else on the on the TVs before we? Uh, uh yeah, I've watched the. Uh, is it? I think you Space should leave Jam now. Too. Oh, is it? Uh, is that? It's a sketch show. Uh, God, what the hell is his name? Uh, I have to look it up. Uh, it's it's a guy who used to work right for SNL, okay. um, and it's way out there. This is the second season of it, and it's it's insane. It's I, you like I think it? you'll dig it because it's it's out there. I mean, there is a point where it gets a little. A Yelly, which I love. Yeah. Um, Tim Robinson. I think you should see, leave with face. Tim Robinson. Oh, from uh, the the. Uh, I I don't recognize. You him. should check it. I, it it, it's funny. It's an it's it's pure insanity. Com and like nothing and things just sketches just kind of end and you're like what well, you know but not I I hate it when people just end things but like this works yeah and you could tell this guy probably at SNL was Shut killing down. people in the in the pitch right, room right and then when they let his stuff air it was they were duds because it was just too like it's, pol- it's very political at SNL yeah. though too that's it's amazing how so many look dude Chris Rock bombed on on SNL it didn't didn't yeah. do very well uh Julius Dreyfus Robert Downey Jr like there's so many people who had these and well, Robert Downey Jr is probably not the best example cuz of his <laughs> but you know he's 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 got good comedic chops but that's not his strong point but but Dreyfus obviously is like all these characters that were been on SNL that couldn't get past that hump as far as um and I'm not talking about actual politics but the the politics that goes on behind the scenes like in anything yeah where you've got it, it it's it's like you know, kill or be killed at that at that place. Yeah, if you watch this, you'll know that why he didn't work on SNL or pro- he probably I don't know how long he wrote for him, but I know that he probably had an uphill battle yeah. because his shit is out there. But it's like I was like I was crying watching Lonnie's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, I'm just, I was laughing so hard oh, at really? this first episode, 
Um, and they're only 15 minutes long. It's six, oh, really? six, um, six uh, episodes minutes. that are 15 minutes long or whatever. How long are the, how long are the uh, Six episode season. Yeah, the scenes are like little snippets, and then they have this kind of like um, laughing kind of beep, 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 boo, doo, So is it like a special or like a show? It's just, it's a sketch or, you know, like film sketch kind of show. It's not like a SNL stage kind of a thing. Did you watch the Bo Burnham thing? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, st- I got to finish it because what I saw I loved. I watched like I think I had 20 minutes of it and I really liked it. But again, my wife, it, it's to no one's surprise. My wife was like, <laughs> okay, I think I got it. She bailed on it. But like I, um, I really liked what he was doing for sure. But is it similar to that? No, no. no. This is Very just different. pure. I, I, I don't want to ruin any of the bits because it's just. Is it yeah. nonsense? Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, okay. it's the, the first. But again, I will say this. I'm I'm all for like sketches that go are elevated and they get to kind of a yelly point. I think he takes it to the yelling point yeah. a little too much okay. on some of them, but they're just fucking out there. And yeah. the first I, I, I like and Lonnie liked it, but she's like, maybe you can watch some of these yourself because I'm like, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll give it a, I'll give it a whirl. What's it called again? Um, I think you should leave. You should leave. Tim right. Robinson. Check it out. Yeah, it's the second season. I can't believe you haven't heard of this. Never heard of it. You know what? Um, you know what scene or or sketch. No one ever talks about. I think I'm the only idiot that likes this sketch. Although I have no sh- now shown my nine year old who loves it on Saturday Night Live. Did you ever see the boardroom sketch with Rain Wilson? Maybe it's it's completely bonkers and it's so much nonsense and I love it. It's he's he's they're trying to. It it starts off very serious. We're like, all right, we have we have big meetings here, and he's and he's going through all the Derek. And he's, and it's Andy Samberg, and he says something, and then it starts to get into these really ridiculous characters, and he's just like uh, Chief Shongbo, <laughs> and then and he says something, he's like, no, not you, that's Carl, and then you turn you turn to the side, and it's like, um, and, and Lou and he goes, and then, and he goes, how about you, giant turkey club sandwich? And it's like a turkey club sandwich talking, there's a head on the wall talking. It's so stupid. Have you you never seen this? I, I maybe. I guess sh- I'll show it to you afterwards. I just thought it's it's really stupid. Um, and I love it. I remember seeing it. That was one that I really liked a lot that no one – it's it's amazing which ones hit with me that are not, like, super famous. So you bring up a lot of Saturday Night Live ones. The other one was this one that Tracy Morgan did when he was the homeless guy in the uh, in the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there was one that he did with Kate Hudson that was re- – they sing, like, songs together. And, in the, and I remember watching Take that with – Something like that. <laughs> no, that was the one where he's singing as the whole thing. Yeah, he's singing yeah. as the whole thing. Yeah. He's in it, but it, she, like – she they, like, find up, wind up falling in love. And he, she goes – she and she plays herself. And she, yeah. like, goes into the sewer with him. And he has a script. And it's, <laughs> it's complete nonsense. And he's – No, those are great. They're yeah. really good. Um, Anyway. <laughs> so it's memory memory lane for Saturday Night Live. Yeah, here. I think you'll like I, I, it's, but it is it's ins, it's pure insanity, and then sometimes they'll just kind of end, and you'll go, but then it goes into something else, and yeah. yeah, he's he's out there, and I love it. Yeah, I gotta check it out. I'm gonna check it out. And uh, we watch Barb and Star. Go to oh, Vista my, Del Mar. dude, my wife tried to watch it. I fucking bailed in like <laughs> two minutes. I don't know why. I set the bar like here, and I had fun. It did. I'm not saying it's the best movie in the world, but I if you just out. go like. It starts out. really, but there's some. It it gets fun. My wife, I know that this is not. A, I know this is uh, it, it, for you guys out there. Like, well, she bails on everything. She doesn't bail on movies like this. Yeah. She she was out. She was out. See, we I don't know what uh, mood we were in. It was well. I mean, you you watch the news enough, and anything will you know take you totally. And I think that was the reason why they, she started trying to watch it. And like I, it was yeah. I was <laughs> I, I, no. Now, granted, no thanks. I'm no. I know it's not for everybody. Yeah, no. And I know I, it's and it's and it's and I again. I w- I think I could have been 
a Tuesday and I didn't like it, and a Thursday and I didn't, and that Wednesday yeah. or whatever, I I really enjoyed it. I it, it. Yeah, I I mean, like I just even the opening, like it's like they were trying. I, I just felt they were trying too hard with the kids singing on the bike. Yeah, and it's like well, and their characters. I mean, again, you know, it's I know that people. I grew up in Nebraska. They're Nebraskan women, yeah. and yes, they're overly done. Like right. they kind of almost sound like they're from Minnesota to me. They're not right. quite Nebraska, you know. And it's just it's a lot of digs at the Midwest, but just I don't know. Some of the things, some jokes hit with me, and then really and, and I can never remember his damn name, but that stunner from uh, Fifty Shades. Uh, the, oh, oh, Jamie Dornan. Yeah, yeah. He does some stuff. Um, which you probably didn't see, you know, in, no, in the I, film. I, like, I, he I'm does telling. this singing to, like, Seagull's song yeah. or whatever, and I was dying just because I've only seen him in, like, Fifty Serious Shades, stuff. and, and like, there was one who was, was like, a serial killer. Yeah, 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 and then here's him doing... I love it when somebody like that takes themselves and goes, just allows themselves to be stupid. Absolutely, and, and it was it was fun. But I'm not saying this isn't, like... I'm not putting right. it up there with anything else. You, but you just, you just were, in, you were in the right mood yeah. to enjoy. And it. you know they had a fucking great time making it, right? Like because it was just Kristen Wiig. Still, I don't know. Maybe they, it's because I'm a stan of Kristen. But they give Wiig. a false, they give a false bill of goods on that one too. Because the the which one does Kristen Wiig play? Barb. Yeah. All right. So Star, uh, she, I think she like maybe co-wrote Bridesmaids or something, okay. or she did something to do with it. But they say. The co-stars of Bridesmaids. She's in the Bridesmaids <laughs> for maybe two minutes. Because I didn't recognize her. She's yeah. on the plane. She's on the plane with Kristen Wiig when it's. She's funny in it. Yeah. She's very funny in it, but she's not. But she's not a co-star. She's a background player. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we tie it up here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. And and once again, I want to remind you guys about July thirty first. It is the Schmodown Collision Four. We've got four massive, massive matches, two digital, two in-studio. And thank you to Captain Morgan, the original Spice Drum. Please go and check it out. It is going to be, and I guess I can say that here. A lot of people didn't know this. Maybe now you know it. Um, it is. We are not going to put this one on, uh, on PPV. This is going to be for the whole public. We're going to have everybody able to see the collision as it airs July 31st. We want everyone to see this one because it is the in-studio match. Uh, to the first in-studio matches in quite a while that we want everyone to experience it, everybody to see it right away. So please um, make sure that you check that out. It's July 31st. It will air on that Saturday. Please, if you've never seen the Schmodown, please go and check it out. It will be to, on the pub for the public on July 31st. All right, thank you to Brett Sheridan, and thank you to all of you guys, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a lot of fun. Also, don't forget... If you are liking the show and you're supporting the show, obviously I've been commenting back to everybody who drops comments on here, but the podcast, it's the most important. I cannot stress it enough. Please, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you follow us there. Uh, download the episodes, listen to them. People have been saying how much they've enjoyed listening to this at work, at the gym, all that. Very, very important. So... Thank you guys so very much, and we will see you guys on the flip side. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.